good Hey, what's up? Happy Friday evening, everybody. Welcome our unfiltered crew to, again, another experience here called the Unfiltered Experience with myself, Christopher Rausch, and... Scott David Goya. I'm throwing it into David today. I'm you're going... Gonna throw in a David. You're going to go yeah. in a... You're going to throw yeah. in a David? So yeah. Scott David Goya. So you have two first names. No, I have a middle name, which means that my mom's mad at me because that's the only time we hear that. So as I said that, I actually got scared. I was like, oh, my middle name. Like, my goodness. <laughs> I did something wrong. Is she here? Huh? Is she here right now? Is she here? No, I hope not. not we got, I, I we got Glenda in the house. Glenda says, "Hey, y'all. Hey, Glenda. What's up? What's up, Glenda from Georgia? Good to see you. Good to see you. Happy Friday night. Yeah, my middle name is Blake. Oh, I didn't even finish telling that story yesterday. Somebody was asking the story. I was being interviewed, and they asked me the story of my name because they said, "Is it Roush or Rosh?" And I said, "It's Roush." I said, "But it's not even my last name." And she's like, "Ooh, I'm going to ask you about that." And she had asked me about my last name, which I think I had told you about the whole yeah. monkey circus with my family. But I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to say that my mom's last name that wasn't even her last name is my middle name. So it's Christopher Blake Roush, and it's all jacked up. But yeah, actually, I almost changed my name to Blake at one point. Cool last name. Sounds like an author. Christopher, Christopher Blake. Blake. Christopher Blake. Well, actually, you could be a great soap opera star. Christopher Blake. Oh, Christopher Blake and Jackson Storm fighting in the bar over the girl, <laughs> the damsel in distress, right? I like it. I like I it. Know. So, uh, so somebody's, uh, so somebody's heading out for, uh, some fun and some, uh, some rest and relaxation here pretty soon to celebrate, uh, celebrate a milestone. Who's that? Well, last week you had your birthday. You're a Pisces, 52 years old, right? Yeah. And Next Friday night, and you know what? We actually coordinated our birthdays this year with great intention because we do care about the unfiltered crew. Remember, Chris, we were saying we we must be born on the day of the show. So you were born on the Friday, and next Friday, I'm turning 50 years young. 50 years young next Friday. 50 years young. Man, that Botox looks awesome on you. Yeah, it's good lighting or lack thereof. <laughs> I know All it's right. funny. You were talking about lighting. I mean, fully be fully transparent out in daylight my beard is a lot lighter but in here the way i contrast the lights i'm like oh it looks actually but you get out in the sun i don't know if you've seen some of my lives i'm like oh my god i look like i'm going like santa claus i'm like the lighting does the lighting does help right it does help That's the evening. I, just, I just got those headshots today and a certain angle a certain light and all of a sudden i'm like damn who is that guy who so. is that oh you want to see something should i should i should i show a preview yeah should I show, show, show a preview? You guys want yeah. to see a preview? I don't even know if I could find them that quick. Um, yeah, so uh, so you're going to be having some fun and relaxing. You know, it's uh, it's just a number. So the, between the two of us, we have 102 years of experience we're bringing to you guys here on the Unfiltered Experience. 102 years of passionate experience between myself and Scott, bringing you every single week to either entertain you or make your brain go, ouch, I didn't want to hear that, right? <laughs> Is that what we is that what we want to do? Let's we could do both. It's a little roller coaster ride. It's the unfiltered experience. Yeah, the unfiltered experience. Okay. So I had my so I had my headshots done earlier this week. And um, let's see, what can I do? Let me just 
show you guys one it's crazy it's crazy because i was like i'm really worried like okay now i haven't had headshots done in like eight years or something like that and um well we'll come back to that because these things are taking forever to load but anyways yeah it's all it's all about it's all about what we what we're doing and i personally feel that you know more now than ever this is like the second half this is like the first part to the second half i mean honestly everything that we've done up until this point i think about it as training for where it is that we're going and i think that's the crazy thing about life is we're often told that we're gonna you know your 20s and your 30s are your best years you know make the most of them but i'm starting to really really believe that like 50s to the 80s are the best years what do you think about that scott I'm so in agreement with that. And I'm actually going to tell you a little story real quick about what's gone on this past week. So this past week was the final stretch of me dunking a basketball. And in my head, I'm thinking about the goal, the goal, the goal. But I'm always teaching everybody else, right? I'm always telling everybody, we've got to break down the old identity. We've got to have the mission. And the vision might be mobile because the universe will shift gears of what's going to happen. So it's really all about those moments, right? It's all about living in the moment. Today is always the first day of the rest of your life, period. Today is always the first day of the rest of your story. So this week, the universe did some funny things to me. I was all set to dunk. The rim at a lifetime was a very soft rim. And if you've dunked a basketball, when you go to dunk it, if it hits the rim and it bends down, it gives you a little bit of an advantage. In 10 years, they have not changed those rims. Guess what they did yesterday? Brand new stiff rims. And I went to look at it and I'm like, you know what? It was just enough that I couldn't do it. And so I wasn't able to achieve my goals, which I was supposed to do today. And I looked in the mirror after I'm like, look at what you just did. You ate healthy meals with your family. You got in great shape because you had this vision. Your why never changed. You enjoyed every moment of it. And I was not even remotely disappointed. I'm like, you know what? I'll go try again. I'm 50 for a full year. And it didn't even bother me. And typically I'd be upset and frustrated and be like, I didn't do it. And what I realize is everything that I'm teaching others about and enjoying that journey and the connections, going to the gym, seeing my friends, you know, eating healthy meals, being determined, that was living. And I'm mm -hmm. still, it's just, so everything that we're teaching, I love the fact that the universe said, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to be like silly Superman and do something and overcome. And I couldn't do it. And I was completely cool with it. So first day of the rest of your life, love the aging process. I'm completely cool with it. I don't agree the 20s were the best years. They were in that moment. Right now is the best moment always, period. Yes, I couldn't agree more. The best moment is the current moment. What's up, Tara? What's up in the house? Tara says, hello, gentlemen. Tara McDermott, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, I think we, uh, yeah. Tom says, Photoshop does wonders. Of course it does. Oh, Actually, man. I learned about Lightroom the last time I had my headshots done. And my eyes are notoriously red because I smoke a lot of pot and I drink every day. No, I'm just kidding. No, my eyes has always been notoriously red. And when he did, he photoshopped them. And there's this one picture that I have and my eyes are like totally white. And I'm like, holy crap, that looks amazing. I don't look like that. And he goes, oh, let me show you what I did to you. And I thought, the, I thought that was the only thing he did. He's like, oh, I smoothed this in here and I did this here and I took some redness out here. And I'm like, holy crap, I didn't even know you could do that stuff. So, uh, uh -huh. so uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, hey, hey, gentlemen, what's up, Kellen? Ann? Kellen. Kellen I was on, actually, I was being interviewed by Kellen. That's what. That's when I was telling the story about my name. Blake, yeah. Um, what the heck is that? What is a Disco Biscuit Oh, sign? she saw Disco Biscuit. Uh, He's not here today. He's not here. I'm uh, coming back. Kellen says, I'm a dunker from way back. What, you're donut in the coffee or what? Your, your cookie mm -hmm. in the ice cream? <laughs> 
But anyway, so, so speaking of health and speaking of resources, speaking of longevity, you know, in some situations in our life, Scott, we come up against uh, opportunities or opportunities in our life to uh, that cause us to take a step back and reevaluate situations. And our guest tonight, you know, personally, so I'd like for you to uh, introduce him and let's get into that conversation. Absolutely. So, you know, what I was just talking about as far as the mindset was the whole thing. I, the mindset that I created trying to make sure that I dunked, that was everything. The mindset being in the moment, that's the medicine. And the next person I'm going to introduce who's a great friend of mine, he's somebody who actually has had cancer, overcome it, and has cancer again. And he and I have been talking, sitting down, having coffee, talking about the importance of mindset being a medicine. It's not the only medicine. There's, there's a lot of things when we have something like cancer, or any kind of disease, there's so many ways we've got to come at it. And a lot of times people look at something one dimensional, like I'll just get chemo or I'll just have a great mindset. Or I'll just pray. There's no jest. I think all of life is so multidimensional. We get to explore so many different things and we pretty much have to be not just our own doctor, but responsible for our own journey. And this gentleman we're about to meet is not only responsible for his own journey. He's somebody who really just embraces that medicine, um, a mindset is a medicine. So please welcome my good friend, Jeff Ryder. Welcome to the unfiltered experience, Jeff. How are you doing, brother? How are you, Chris? And, and, uh, guys, not how are David you? Goyet. It is not David Goy. Oh, the, uh, the David threw me off. Well, my, middle <laughs> name is, my middle name is Strawbridge. So I got Jeffrey Strawbridge Ryder. So like after it. maybe Chris, you would, uh, have the damsel in distress. I think maybe I'd come along with a ascot and, take them away or something, I guess. Probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, welcome to the show. We've got some amazing people in here already. What's up, Tara says, absolutely. Tara, Tara Mur Murray, Murray, Murray. Wow, I'm not to really start wearing my glasses, I guess. Larry Schneider's in the house. He says, what's up guys? What's up guys? Um, uh, Glenda says, thank you, Scott, for asking of the universe. And Robert's in the house. Uh, he says, hi, Glenda. Hi, Disco Biscuit. And is a character Scott created. Yeah. I don't know if you got to see that episode, um, Jeff, but uh, uh, our, our, our buddy here, Scott, is multidimensional and was able to bring a couple of characters to uh, to uh, our episode. And it was a blast. So if you didn't get a chance to see it, you definitely I haven't. I've heard about Pablo. Now I've heard about Disco Biscuit. So I, yeah. I need to go back and maybe I need to come up with one, too. Karen with a Q. We also have Karen with a Q. And it's Q because she's a queen. Oh, yeah. She's a queen. <laughs> Are you wearing your crown? There you go. There you go. Uh, Glenda says, cool dog on the bed. What's the pup's name? Uh, toast. 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 As in golden toast. Golden toast. Yeah. Nice. Toast. Come here. Here. Show one trick. Come here. Aww. Toast loves Come people. Here. Come here. Get up here. Get up here. Sit. Sit. Paw. There you go. Oh, what a good puppy. Yeah, he's as long as no other dogs are around, he's great. <laughs> as long as you're at a Mexican restaurant, and you're feeding him food, then he's he's as well with us. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm pretty good at a Mexican restaurant too. So you know. <laughs> until you get there. the tequila, Scott. Until you get yeah. the tequila. <laughs> true. True. Actually, it's very true. You actually made a very good point there, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I saw something today. It was a meme that said, um, tequila is your best friend. And we said, we actually thought about our, you should be like tequila or you should be like tequila because it's our best friend. And it's like, no, not, not tequila is not your best friend in the morning. It's usually your worst enemy, but no, for some reason, I don't know why, but I was bestowed this. I've learned this about 20 years ago because I don't think it was around 30 years ago, but national tequila day is my birthday. Ooh. I know. What day is that? Bam. 
I don't know what to say about that, except it's always a good day. Nice. It's not not, not day. necessarily the next morning, but it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. So speaking of good days, we got some days right now that we're a little bit challenged with. So um, why don't you uh, fill us in with uh, a little bit of your journey? And as Scott, you know, said in the intro, um, you've had cancer, you beat it, and now it's come back. Let's just jump right into it and talk yeah. about uh, talk about that journey for you. What's that? What's that? Okay. What's that process been like? Uh, and what are, what are some things that you've learned from that already? So uh, seven years ago, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Um, <clears throat> There are multiple types of leukemias and there's multiple types of cancers, of course. And um, this was, it was a weird leukemia because it was slow growth. So it's chronic. So it's, it, it, uh, frankly, somebody that normally would have gotten diagnosed with it would have been older than me. So that was sort of odd. Um, and then I never had a symptom from it. Uh, my white blood cell counts were going, uh, progressively going up and, uh, so when you have CLL, you either watch and wait or you treat it. So we watched and waited for about a year and that continued to just go and roller coaster up. Uh, when it, I had to tell them, you know, at what point do you treat me if, if the white blood cell counts continue to go up and I feel the same? Uh, and they said, when next time it hits, if it goes over a hundred, uh, two times in a row. Well, the next two times it went over 200, uh, over a hundred. And then I started eight, uh, eight months of, of chemo. Um, that chemo was different than the one I'm going through now that I'll, that I'll share a little more about. Uh, but that was, uh, three days every, every month. Um, I took short-term disability off, uh, just more of a mental, I didn't feel bad, but I just mentally, I was just like, I needed to get into a right space. So I, uh, I, I worked out, I ate extremely healthy. Um, I read a lot about cancer treatment, uh, being that it's a billion or trillion dollar industry and then looking into more holistic and, you know, what I can do on my own. And I, and I really focused on that. Of course, I still did the chemo and then eight months of chemo, uh, again, never had a, symptom from the chemo or from the from the uh, uh leukemia and uh basically after after stopping that treatment then i'd go back and get my blood tested every month every three months every six months every year and i was in what's called partial remission so that was about six years ago and then uh matter of fact i met up with uh with scott and uh and i didn't know that i had what i have now and we were just talking and he told me about his father-in-law and we met, uh, went and met Max and was telling Max about my journey seven years ago. And then fast forward about a month later, I called up Scott and I said, yeah, hey, uh, I just got diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, the good news is that, it's, that it is Hodgkin's lymphoma. So there's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and there's Hodgkin's. Um, so I have the best of the, of the bad news, if you will. Um, I am on my second chemo treatment. My next one is Wednesday. Um, I do know that this one is going to kick my ass a little bit in terms of the chemo itself. Um, I already bought my new hat. I don't know what you guys think of it, but love it. Is that a Kangol hat? It looks like it a little Kangol. It is. I'll be sporting that puppy for the next six months. Um, 
my daughter's supposed to come up and shave it and do some, we're going to do some lightning bolts and some, some other crazy, maybe mohawks and stuff. I would, I would yeah. like to be a part of that. I'll do no, it. We'll, we'll, we'll get mohawks. Okay, all right. Chris is trying to get me to get a mohawk anyway because he made a little um emoji with me with a mohawk, and he goes, "That's you. That's more you." <laughs> well, let's do it. I'll do it with you. I'm only going to carry it for a few days. You can carry it for forever, though. I mean, I could I could do it for the summer. Let, let me think about it. <laughs> so it's been um so so Chris when when so when I got diagnosed with it again or got diagnosed with a lymphoma, uh, obviously not the same as what I had before. But it, it it sort of put me in that mindset of listen this is this is something that um, is going to depend a lot on me and how I lean into this how I approach this um, I am going to have bad days there are going to be bad days and it's okay to have shitty days uh, I remember when I first was diagnosed with it I had to call and tell my daughter and I was bawling and she was bawling. Um, you know, and then since then it's just been sort of very matter of fact and, and sort of how do I approach it? They, they've said that the, the chemo is going to be cumulative. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to get harder and harder as the later rounds occur. Well, I expect that. So, uh, it, and so if it does happen, then that's what I expected. If anything better than that, if it happens, then it's a score to win to me. Um, so I'm eating super healthy. I'm trying to have the energy to get up and 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 do a little bit more activity than I like I did when I had CLL. He helps a lot. The, the uh, toast does to get me out. Um, but sort of just staying really, really having a positive mental frame of mind. Um, you know, I, I'm big on quotes. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm in charge of how I feel, really. Um, and today, if I feel shitty, but uh, but I feel shitty, but I'm happy, and I just have a nauseated stomach. I mean, that's okay. Uh, I, I I can deal with that. Um, I have yet to be balled up in a corner, uh, thrown up in the corner. I, I you know, I, I suspect that I'll have one of those days, but I don't know when. Um, I'm not sitting here waiting for it to happen. Um, I am taking their medicine, plus I'm taking some of my own medicine. I'm a fan of CBD. I'm a fan of THC. So um, I am. I have all the edibles I need. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to have a little a bong. I don't know if I should say it here, but a bong appetit prop, uh, bong <laughs> dinner party that you, you two are invited it. to. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have my decarboxylating machine and everything else to make everything. So uh, when I set that menu and I set that date, you guys will be invited. Chris does have to come visit, and I, I like as you're saying that I'm like knowing Chris that he's going. I, I want to go to that. I'm like, come to I'm like, well, there's my pen. Uh, I could show you my gum. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge advocate as well for for many many different reasons, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be one of the questions is talking about alternative therapies and 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 things like that. But uh, before we continue on, I just want to highlight everybody for being here. Thank you guys for being here. We got uh, Kellen Ann uh, is here. Larry Schneider's here. Terry Murray, Tara Murray, sorry, uh, you're here. She says absolutely. Um, We've got uh, Glenda, Randy Chappie's uh, here. Yep, you are a warrior, Jeffrey. Um, do you know Tara? I do. I know Tara. Tara Murney. I met, I met so many. I met so many people this Hi, last Tara. week. Um, she asked, "Have you ever watched Heal on Netflix?" I have. What do you think of it? It's good. It's. Uh, I. I think I'm a. I'm sort of a. Uh, 
any documentary, anything that could potentially help, anything that comes from any strength from anywhere, I'm I'm a huge fan. I mean, it's silly it's silly to to not to to discard it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's been what's been one of the most? If you had to recommend one documentary about health and wellness, what would that documentary be? Because I imagine you you probably versed yourself on on all of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's weird. So. The first go round, uh, I think it was the Max Ger- the the Gershon Max Gershon uh, Institute. Institute. Um, that was just I, I never knew about it. Basically, Max Max was uh, he was uh, uh, fleeing from Nazi Germany. He was a Jewish doctor, and he and he basically was was saving people with degenerate d- diseases with just organic plant based food diets. Some other weird things like uh, coffee enemas and then uh, uh, carrot and banana juice. And anyway, it, he, he, he proved that he could could flatten that curve a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, he was exiled. And um, that institute is still in place by ran by his grandmother or ran by his granddaughter. The, you know, a more recent one in terms of health, I, I don't know if it's necessarily health related it's more i guess mental toughness because that's really when it comes down to what you're sort of focusing on and when you're in a dark space and you know it's okay to be in the dark space um to not spend a lot of time in the dark space but to be able to have the mental fortitude to say okay i'm gonna get through this this is okay this too shall pass um i feel like shit right now um what are you gonna do about it and sure enough, two, three hours later, it's gone. And now you're on to the next, you know, ailment or whatever is going to hit you. Um, so it's very much staying in the moment. I think that um, uh, it's easy to get lost in your head. Um, uh, but you got to be in your head to be in the moment. But stay in the moment, not your head. I don't know if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um uh, you know, you're never going to speak to anyone more often than you do your own self. So be kind to yourself when you're talking to yourself. You think just a little bit, but we don't sometimes we get pissed. Oh, you stupid, you fucked up or whatever. Um, but that's the one you're talking to the most. So, um, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to, to have those conversations with yourself and, and be kind to yourself. And you're not going to boil the ocean all at once. That's a good one. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot, uh, Jeff, you know, one of the things that um, Chris and I do in our coaching program is the V in love, <clears throat> excuse me, is voice. And we talk about that inner critic and reframing the way you speak to yourself, because there's this endless loop of how you speak to yourself, how you speak to others, and then that whole rotation. So, uh, it's not an easy thing because the voices we hear 90% of the time, even though it comes in our voice, is from things we've heard in the past. And anytime you feel down and out and we go back to that victim status, we start hearing the teacher, the parent, the sister, the brother, whoever that was in our own voice. And we think we can't when realistically, that's one of the reasons, you know, Chris and I was always talking about that five, you know, you know, you got Manny, people like me, you having those people around you who are always supporting you and echoing back that positivity and helping you reframe is super crucial. I mean, what do you think about that? As we were talking about mindset as medicine, not even just yourself, but people to echo back to you, people to be part of that five or that, that group. 
Yeah, I think echoing back to back to those that are close, like the conversation we had at, at breakfast, that's super important. It just sort of helps yourself stay in check. Um, I don't want to sit here and be only talking to myself or, you know, only reading books. I, I want to get it from real life. I've actually reached out to two people that I know that have lymphoma, completely different lymphoma. Um, but it was interesting hearing their story. Um um, and from two perspectives, not only from what they're going through that might be similar, but also what they're going through that is very different. Um, and also know that when they are going through something different, it's, that's not necessarily what you're going to go through. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it's important to, to, to decipher the two um, because you can get caught up in somebody else's private Idaho real quick. <laughs> yeah. Get caught up in their private Idaho. I want to go back to something you said uh, uh, before, Jeffrey, and I was, it was really important that you said it was expectations. What, what type of expectations would you have getting a diagnosis of cancer, especially a second time? Where, where do you go with that as far as identifying how to have the right expectations to, to not have that disappointment factor uh, needle in there as you were suggesting? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I would say that uh, I, I take it in real small bites. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I just take it like the waiting was the largest was the hardest part. When I first found out that I had lymphoma, I had to wait another two and a half weeks before I knew what type of lymphoma it was. And that was a big answer that I needed. And um, so I didn't, I didn't let myself get too far down any rabbit holes while I was waiting for that, waiting for that information. And then once you get the information and, you know, I, with my doctor, I, I like him to be very matter of fact, like, all right, give me, you know, give me sort of worst case here. Um, what can I expect? Um, what's the worst thing, case I can expect? Um, and then just, you know, when I knew that, when I knew that this lymphoma was treatable, had a high mortality rate. Um, I knew that it was going to kick my ass on, on the, uh, on the chemo and, uh, and, and, and there's some seriousness there along that road of just that, but knowing that the high rate of success on this particular chemo treatment against this particular type of lymphoma has a high success rate. I'm just going to have to wait until about, you know, July to feel the, to, to see the benefits of that. That's a long time. Um, so it's just sort of really taking it one day at a time. I do have my tough days. I do have days where I'm like, okay, well, am I just sitting here waiting for this thing to happen? Well, what can I do? Not only what can I do, not only in this treatment, but what can I do outside of that? Like, Hey, well, take advantage of this time. I don't have a job. I got laid off in October. I mean, Scott and I have talked about this. I mean, you guys are both in this, in the business of, you know, coaching and, and making shit happen. And uh, I, I don't want to sit back and let this time just be like, oh yeah, okay, well, you know, he just took care of his cancer and now what, Jeff? I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did. I think it, it's just about, you know, if I was going into it, I would try to set myself up with the expectation of, you know, and not being, not being um, overly 
dramatic about it, but also being realistic about it. Cause I've had friends that have gone through it and I've asked them the same question. I'm like, what, so what is your expectation in going into this? They're like, my expectation is that no matter what comes, no matter how bad the pain is that I'm going to get through it, that I'm going to be solid. And I can see myself on the other side beating this. So I know that whatever pain and whatever situation I have to go through that ultimately on the other side, I can look back at this and, and know that it happened for a reason that I can go out there and help other advocates go through. And then I've watched them go through that process. And I'm like, how are your expectations doing? Well, I didn't expect it to be this long. Or I didn't expect to have this dramatic effect. So that's why I was asking is like mm -hmm. for you, with your mindset, being able to set that expectation is so massively important in anything and everything that we do, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. I was just curious in this particular situation, being able to identify, okay, what's a realistic expectation? What am I blowing smoke up my ass? And how do you get, get through that without any excuses? Yeah, no, Chris, that's a good way to put it. So I, I'm fortunate enough where I don't know, I grew up in a family my mother was a former Marine. My dad was in the military. I'm a former Marine. So I have a pretty high uh, emotional intelligence. So when I have a situation that is something that I cannot control or I can control, or how do I, how do I uh, uh, approach that, even though it's not the best of circumstances, I'm pretty good at flipping a switch and saying, okay, well, here we go. Um, and, and stay as positive as possible and uh and and take baby steps because it's it you know again we can't boil the ocean here it's, it's going to take a while Jeff, be I, in, be ahead, <clears throat> I, I have a question go ahead though yeah i was just gonna i was gonna highlight uh um she said you got it jeffrey i think we have uh somebody you might know uh she says uh dad instilled mind over matter in me as a pillar and it's been something in him even before cancer that's Merit writer, welcome to the unfiltered experience. Thank you for being here and spending time and supporting your dad. Um, Glenda says childhood trauma. And um, let's see, we got, uh, she says, you know, just do the next right thing. Again, we talk about it all the time here on the show is about moments, like really moments, moments. Um, Tara says, agree, Christopher, 100%. And uh, Glenda says, my dad, Marine of 38 years. Thank, thank you for your, thank you for your service. So, so that actually brings me to the question, and I think this is something that we could all take a good look at. So many of us are on autopilot on this planet that what happens when something like cancer shows up, you know, we come up with this, we're going to be okay, but you nailed the important term, that emotional intelligence, emotional management. I would like to kind of almost go to a space of, you know, I heard your daughter say it, Merit say it as well. What do we need to do? And these are things Chris and I are always talking about. I'd love to get your, you know, input. What did we need to do to be emotionally ready as best we possibly can for anything like this to, to, to manage? Because this is what I visualize. A lot of people get cancer and they have this thing that I'll be able to handle it. But what they don't realize is they've been compartmentalizing emotions for so long that whether it's fear, sadness, anger, it comes up in a bubble. And then all of a sudden you're talking to that person, you watch them go from one to the next to the next. And, and you can see it. Like if you know the person well, you know that they're, they're always hiding something. Transparency, authenticity. What can we do now for somebody without cancer to prepare that if anything happens, we're able to emotionally manage it, be in that moment and live life to the fullest, regardless of what's going on around us? Because it sounds like you've trained your daughter to do that. You are doing that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if there's a way to, 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 to train that, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm lucky cause I had the parents that I had and, and, you know, I had those conversations with merit early on, but if, if I was never given those tools and then suddenly out of the blue, I was given cancer, 
I don't know how I would react to that. I think that the, but to answer your question, I think is to get people talking about it, what we're doing right here. Um, yeah. You know, sooner or later, as you get older, you know, you're going to run into people that die. Unfortunately, you're going to get people that get sick. Sure. And so you're going to know people certainly during the pandemic. We all probably know somebody that got, uh, that got COVID. Um, and I think that's when you try to have those conversations. Um, and they're tough conversations to have because no one wants to really have them, you know, the morbid conversations. Um, but I think it's when somebody else has it, then it's easy to say, we're like, how are they doing it? How, what's their approach? Um, oh, they're not doing well or whatever. And that's when I think you do need some, some support. I mean, Texas Oncology has some, has some people on staff to talk it out with. Um, I've joined up with, if there's anybody that has lymphoma that's my age uh, and has Hodgkin's, I, I want to talk to them. Um, so I don't know if that, if that helps. Yeah. Merit, Merit, did I answer that? All right. Well, the, the other, I guess what I want to know is you brought up the point you said that you, you know, whether it was from the Marines or your upbringing, that you felt, you know, emotionally capable to, to deal with a lot. Do we, did any of us have a tip that we can give people right now to be emotional, emotionally capable to handle anything? Like it doesn't have to be cancer. Like some stuff they're going through, like we had all these people in Austin and we saw a lot of people not handle the snow apocalypse. You know, we saw people not handle 2020. Well, what is something that we could give them right now? So whenever their, their next issue is the next thing that comes in, is there any tip that you've got that, you know, made you stronger that helped you deal with this? Because there's got to be something because I see it in you too. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I am not a godly person. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother is a little bit so. Um, and he he tell he, he rattled off a quote to me earlier uh, yesterday. And I thought it was pretty powerful. He said, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big God is. Ooh. And Bam. so it puts things in sort of perspective, I think. Um, so whether it's the universe or whether it's God, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, that spiritual. But I think we all have some spiritual uh, gangster in us somewhere along the line. And uh, so I think it's it's focusing on the things that are within your control versus the things that are out of your control. Um, you know, I, 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 my mom was a Marine. She was a tough cookie. I, I didn't. I couldn't get away with shit. <laughs> <laughs> so is that where you get your resiliency from? I mean, because I'm thinking about I what you're saying. So. What? Yeah, Chris, I think it was from her. And of course, then I went into, I went to Paris Island, the land that God forgot. I think that also helped. Right. So what, what advice, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, the resiliency factor of it and everything. Um, what advice would you have for people going through the situation who might not be as resilient as you and me being the no excuses coach? I'm curious to say, how do you got, how do you handle excuses? What advice do you give people to say when, of course, they're not going to have as much energy as they used to have, but still that they have energy. Where do you, where do you stand on giving them advice on overcoming that excuse of saying, Oh, I'm too tired or I'm too this or I'm too weak. And then becoming more of a victim to the diagnosis rather than becoming a victor to the solutions of the diagnosis. Yeah, no, that's well put. I, I first of all, they got to talk to somebody about it. I mean, if they're, they're only wallowing in their own, then it's not getting anywhere. So if they feel that, you know, they're, they're, they're the victim, or if they want to talk about the woes that they're going through, they've got to find somebody to talk to about that. So is, is it a family member? Is it their, is it their, you know, sibling? It's, it's gotta be somebody. Um, if they try to hold it all in, it's not, you know, it's going nowhere fast. 
So one of the, the, the comments that just came up, and it's that one that I hear a lot, and um, not to say good, bad, or ugly, but stay positive. I hear a lot of people say stay positive, and I've watched my own father-in-law, who you mentioned earlier, Max, he's going through cancer for the second time. And crazy enough, you were sitting down with Max and I, and then a few weeks later, you know, to talk to Max about his second cancer. And then a few weeks later, you're like, guess what? I have cancer again. And I'm like, what the, this whole thing. But everyone's saying, stay positive, stay positive. One of the things I've seen with him is he's doing the stay positive, but the prednisone's working, the chemo's knocking him down, then the immunotherapy works, then it doesn't. And every time he comes to us, he's like, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling great. And then he's just, just gets punched in the face and to say to for me to say to him hey max be positive if i was him i might punch me in the face that's a very yeah. very good point uh yeah. you know uh <laughs> I, it's when it's like the people that have uh have uh high anxiety and you tell them to calm down calm down <laughs> but jeffrey let's, oh, let's calm. Be in our relationships when the other person's being a pain in the ass and we say calm down it works 100 percent of the time doesn't it no, no. <laughs> it's never worked. <laughs> He's like, uh, calm down. So, calm down, yeah. Merit, uh, Merit just texted me and she goes, you know, ask for help in your community as well. Well, sometimes that's hard to do, right? To pick up the phone and call somebody that you don't even know. You'd rather probably talk to somebody that you do know. Um, I think that those moments that Max has that he's doing well, and then the next night he's not doing well and no one's around, right? Yeah. Um, uh, no one's around. So you're so you're sitting here waiting this never rings and you sort of get in your head, you get depressed, like, wow, I can't believe nobody called me today. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not your fault. It's just that they don't know. So you have to do, you do have to reach out. Um, I have some friends that say, listen, if it's two o'clock in the morning and you need to talk, give me a call. Now I'm not one to tend to do that. Um, but if I was, I certainly would do that. Um, and it's not that I would not do that. Um, I don't know who that would be. It'd probably be Merritt or something like that. Although I'd freak her out by calling her at two o'clock in the morning. She'd be like, Oh my God, what's going on? Um, but, uh, I, I think it's having that out that you cannot be afraid to ask for help. You cannot be afraid. It's okay to not feel good. Mm. Go and deeper on that. Is, Go deeper on that. Well, if you don't, and you're, let's say you're in just in a real, real dark space, and but you're not telling anybody boy that's you're going down some deep rabbit holes um i mean think of all the the mental health uh, uh issues that have occurred where people have have taken their own lives and you know it's like wow we never knew they always seemed happy and we don't we don't go deep we, we don't dig deeper um you know uh I, I and i think it's it's incumbent upon us if we know our friends or family close enough we need to ask, are you really, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Are you really doing okay? Yes. Like, yeah. let's get a little deeper here. Not like, how was your day? Oh, it was a great day. Um, and during a pandemic, it's probably a good time to do that because, you know, not everyone's okay. So that comment right there is exactly like the one I think that could re So I think when we say stay positive, it's scary for the, the person speaking it too. I mean, that's a great, it's a great comment in theory. Like for me to say to you, stay positive. I mean that I want, I want to see you positive that I want that outcome. But back to the original point, the more we ask, if it's a, it's a person who we all, you know, hide some emotions and, you know, compartmentalize them, the more you ask, you're creating a breakdown, not a bad breakdown, but just a release of emotion. And to have that with somebody else and say, I am scared. I'm shitting my pants. This is, this is not funny. Like to go to that space can be massively helpful to, you know, release some of that pressure. 
That's the I, stuff I, I, I think yeah, more of us need to do that. And you got to even cry. I mean, honestly, you have to wallow in it. It can't just be, oh, yeah, thanks. That was a good talk. It's got to be mm. like, I'm scared and I'm shivering. And, and, and once you get through that, you will feel so much better. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to wallow. You have to, you have to go through it to get to it. Yeah. And I think, I think the positivity is the byproduct of going through those processes. So like you said, you know, you're sitting in a space of darkness. You're not anticipating, you know, sitting in a corner saying this is the worst day ever. But if and when that happens, like you said, you've mentally prepared. And if you need to cry through it, you know, that's not going to last forever. The positivity is more of a big picture thing. Not me saying stay positive in this moment, but going, I know you're a positive person. Let's work through the moments together. Right. You're going to be in that dark moment for a while. And sure. if you know that, okay, so be it. Yeah. So I have a question for you based on the fact of like, I love what you said. And it goes back to what you tied in earlier about emotional intelligence being very critical in this, in this situation. I was just having a conversation with my neighbor and we were talking about friends and he was asking me about friends. And I said, I said to me, friends, if you're a best friend, your best friend says, Hey, am I, do I look fat in these jeans? Your best friend's supposed to say, yeah, girl, you're fat in these jeans. You need to lose some weight. Let's go do it together. But oftentimes somebody says, am I fat in these jeans? No, you're just curvy. You're just this. We, we support, we support people because we don't want to hurt their feelings. And in these situations, when you're asking somebody, you know, and you're getting close with them and, and having that, that, that vulnerability to ask those questions. And you know that they're not keying in on the fact that they really could help you like, Hey, so Jeff, how are you doing? Well, you know, today kind of sucks. Well, I'm sorry about that, but give me a call. How do you handle that? And, and is, is there something that you say to, to change that dynamic between you and that person? Cause you know, they feel uncomfortable. They feel awkward. Is there something you you say, or you suggest, or right. is that something you just let go? I don't know. I'm pretty sarcastic. So, you know, no one said the truth is going to be polite. Um, so I, I tend to try to put it pretty, pretty straightforward um, without, you know, taking some of the curtness out of it, of course, but uh, that it, it's real. Let's just cut to the chase. I mean, why are we going to try to beat around the bush about something that's, that's not something that we should beat around the bush on? Um, so I, I, I think it's just being direct as possible in terms of giving them that feedback. Have you had that situation happen in your own experience where you've had, you've reached out to friends and you've expected them to be more compassionate or, or, or checking on you more and they haven't. And how did you deal with that? Um, uh, yeah, but that's when I sort of stupidly am getting sorry for myself because it's, it, it's me, it's not them. It's me. I'm just sitting there and I'm in a low moment. I'm like, Oh, it'd be nice if Mark called me or, you know, and he didn't, I can't believe he didn't call me or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's easy for me to pick up the phone and just call. Um, I mean, there's a lot of nights that I'm going by that no one's calling me and that's okay. Sometimes I don't want that. Sometimes I just want to be by myself. Right. Um, and cause you can't sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to get 10 calls tonight. Um, you never know when the calls are going to come. So definitely take them, definitely take the advice that they give you because you never know when there might be some nugget in there that that's helpful. Um, a lot of it sometimes is not because I've already sort of, I've already, I've already gone down that path, but I'm not going to tell them that, Oh yeah, I've tried that and it didn't work. I'm just, Oh, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll look into that too. Cause you never know. And everybody has their one path. One of the things that I've seen with cancer is there's so many different types of cancer and someone has success with a certain methodology. They're going to preach that like wildfire, but that's just like me saying, this is the best way to cook a steak. There's a million ways to cook a steak. There's a million ways to cook something. 
we're just saying this is the only way. And that's to the point of this whole show right. is really getting to know yourself and being honest with yourself enough and feeling what you feel and leaning into the methodologies, the medicines that you trust. And those medicine, you know, medicines as far as the mindset, as far as doing things like eating fresh foods or organic, doing the chemo, you know, if you feel like, hey, I need to stop this at a point, checking with your body. I mean, Max, you know, was doing the immunotherapy and they're like, you need to do this. And he's like, I can't do it anymore. I need a break from it. And so I don't want to do the second round. Listen, if you know, you know, and this is your existence. And that's a that's a weird thing when everyone's coming at you saying, but the statistics say if you do this twice, listen, you're not a statistic. You said it earlier. You said these people might be doing something, they might have the same disease, but they not they're not having the exact same experience. There's going to be different. Jeff Ryder is not Jack or Chris or Bill. And so you've got to know you. And that's a that's a hard thing. I mean, talk about that because yeah, we, no, that, that, that's really important, I think, because it's all different, right? What I'm doing doesn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. But I will say, though, that uh, a mindset should be with everybody. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, that mindset needs to be a, a, a positive one and and not not one where you're going down rabbit holes. So that is something that should be consistent with everybody having a positive mental attitude towards towards uh, approaching something that is not easy. Um, I think that, you know, what I eat or how much I work out or, um, you know, what I'm reading, I think all that can be different for everybody and it's not going to necessarily impact everyone the same. Um, but I think you need to be doing something. The, uh, and I probably just read this right now. Uh, my sister sent me this quote. Let the hard things in life break you. Let them affect you. Let them change you. Let these hard moments inform you. Let this pain be your teacher's experience of your life or trying to tell you something about yourself. Don't stop. Don't cop out on that. Don't run away and hide under the covers. Lean into it. By Pima Toldman. So she sort of says it all right there. I mean, it's all right. It's all different for all of us, but that's sort of what we all have to do. It's just going to be a different path for each of us. Mm. Unstoppable and well said, man. Well said. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a beautiful quote. I'm, who was it again? Uh, Pima P E M A uh, Chodron C H O D R O N. Hmm. Probably some smart person. It's no, it's not a <laughs> probably some smart person. Well, my new friend Tara says, yes, that we were talking about before, you know, having great friends, definitely. And Tara actually says this, and I believe that she says, you can call me. She's a new friend of mine up in Canada who has an amazing heart. And uh, um, uh, Robert says here, being uplifting via social media every day, multiple times a day, it what supplies the fuel for living in abundance. Uh, Angel, Angel is one of our, one of our, definitely our unfiltered family, our unfiltered crew here. She says, I am on my second round with stomach cancer. I'm focusing on the positive thought like before that I'll get through it. Wow, Angel, um, sending you my love. I did not know this. Yeah, um, best of luck. Wow. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, Merritt says, also depression can make people very funny. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, 99% um, of comics, if you've ever done stand-up comedy and you're in a back room, there's a bunch of really depressed people going, oh shit, I gotta do this. And all of a sudden they come out and like, hey, I mean, Robin Williams, I mean, look at it. It's, no doubt, no doubt. There's no doubt. The funniest people you meet, like you said, ask them the question, go, are you all right? Yes, are you all right? Yes, are you all right? You're gonna eventually get, you know. Right, 
Well, I mean, I'm sure he answered. Uh, Robin did. He answered the very funny answers, and no one really got deeper on that. I mean, even his family. So certainly people that, uh, I mean, I know why Merritt sent that, uh, mentioned that. I mean, her dog Toast looks depressed all the time. She says it's because he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. He did have a really uh, depressed face. I thought it was because we weren't giving him enough food. No, it's it's he looks that way all the he time. He just looks that way. Doesn't he, Merritt? Come on, type in. And I get the dog for four months, not two months, Merritt, just so you know. Man, <laughs> you already said you were locking the door and not letting her in. I I heard that. Yeah, I would I would I wouldn't blame you. I would be like, no, no. Animals, animals are like paramount in my life as far as healing, emotional healing and everything. So uh most definitely. But I have a crazy question for you. And I sure. debated on whether or not to ask this because I have differing views and thoughts about, you know, in cancer and, and everybody in my family has passed away from cancer. So it's one of those things that I am ever very apprehensive about thinking about and dealing with. And I visualize myself living a long, happy, happy life, you know, passing away on a beach somewhere. But why do you think people get cancer? Because I think about this often, you know, some people smoke, never get cancer. You know, Linda, Linda Reeves, you know, doesn't smoke. She gets cancer. You know, little kids get cancer. Sometimes cancer comes back. Sometimes people don't get it at all. You know, we, we understand that that obviously um, um, our uh, hereditary, you know, has impact our hereditary genetics. 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 Thank you, Scott. My brain is like acting weird today. It's like short it's Friday. No, there's Friday. zero expectations. Friday, That's and I don't have my drink. I don't have my drink. We're here um, for each other. Yes, thank you. So, where do you think? Why do you think people get cancer? Do you think it's something deeper than this? You know, why do you think you have cancer? You know, I've thought of that. I I, I don't know. Um, if I had a general uh, answer, it would be that, you know, we spend, I mean, cancer has increased since, since the industrial world, uh, industrial revolution. Um, a lot of families spend time in the middle aisles, all the processing of foods. I think that's one. Um, uh, for me, I, I don't know, you know, maybe I did some bad things growing up and so I got, you know, nailed with it. Uh, I, I don't know. The CLL came out of the blue lymphoma and I don't have it in my family. Um, maybe it could be some stress that I'm carrying inside me. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it's very prevalent. I mean, what is it? One out of like five people. Have I heard four. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's freaky, but yeah, I agree with the, with the, with the food aspect and definitely the stress aspect. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? You know, if I were to have to come up with a reasonable guess, because, you know, you sit here and you see like even a kid gets it or whatever. So there's people who haven't even really leaned into the world yet. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer of the whole, you know, DNA chain and cycles breaking. So I wonder if it's, you know, one of these things that, you know, through lineage, through genetics that, of course, you have the, the again, I don't think anything's one dimensional. I think that some of it does come, of course, from GMOs and outside influence. But I think a lot of it could literally be not just genetics in the sense of this is my makeup, but I think we have so much pressure to heal and break cycles. You know, whatever our parents did to us, as we want to say, did to everyone did something to us, whatever we're trying to break in the cycle to be a better parent, the better person, find our brilliance. I think that exhaustion from our, you know, being a human is coming out because you see like throat cancer. I, I mean, I've got a friend who, who had throat cancer and he never, says it enough. I, I could see him not saying the things that he really needs to say. And I looked at my dad. My dad had um, uh, intestinal cancer, my stepdad. And, you know, he's somebody who I think holds a lot in. And you look at the chakras and the emotions. 
So when I start trying to do a real analysis, I feel like it comes back to something in breaking our cycles and patterns. Mm-hmm. And number two, external influences. I don't think it's one dimensional. I, th- I don't think you can say it's one thing, but I would look at both those places. And if you were to ask me how to heal personally, I definitely would be incorporating meditation and leaning in to clean those chakras out because that alignment, you know, I, I just, I, I believe in that. But again, I would never sell that as the sole medicine. I would say that is one part of the medicine addition to mindset addition, anything that I'm bringing into my body. So mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And actually Tara says the same thing. Lineage passes trauma uh, and stress to the baby. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I, I'm often boggled by the fact that, you know, with the state of tech, in the state of you know all the money that has been thrown at cancer and why it has not been cured or why you know even with AIDS I mean they've come away they've come uh, with up the with the ability to basically you know stop it in a way not not from a research standpoint but um, but I just it just baffles my mind how much money is spent and it just it leads me to think back to the conversation Scott that we had with Jimmy and where he talked about you know why is the perpetuation of the 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 crimes against blacks and everything why is it oh because the prison system is now this system that we learned about the vendors and how much money they make on all that so keeping people in the prison system is more beneficial than rehabilitating them and I think about big pharma and I think about all this other stuff what are your guys' thoughts on that I mean I know it's a little bit kind of out there but sometimes it it, it, it makes me think like is this some sort of mill? Because I've had people sit there and say that they've been diagnosed with cancer and that they refuse treatment and nothing ever happened. So it just kind of boggles my mind that I'm trying to figure out like, how do we narrow what the cause is and see if we can kind of uh, help some people out with that. Man, that's a tough one, I think. I think that, because you're right. I mean, the cancer treatment industry is a trillion dollar industry, chemo is. If you go in and talk to a nutritionist at Texas Oncology, first of all, I would have to pay that nutritionist out of pocket for me to listen to her. Um, So I'm in there and I'm talking to her about, you know, superfoods or, you know, what's healthy, what should I eat? And it's, it's more of, Oh, just eat your three squares a day. You know, just like your mom and dad told you to eat your vegetables and that's it. And I'm like, bullshit. That's no, no way that can be the only thing. Um, So I, 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 I think there is a lot more to it. Um, and I think, Chris, what you talked about is some people don't want to talk about. And I think where you you mentioned it, Scott, people don't want to talk about something that maybe they did in the past that probably put them with this cancer and they don't want to admit that. I, I don't know. Um, I, mine, I have no idea why. I well, have. it'd be really weird for me to go to my friend and go, you don't express yourself enough. And then his wife's like, what do you mean by that? Like, it could be, you know, like, do I really want to go into this whole loop or do I want to say to my dad, like, you know, maybe the fact that you hide your emotions and don't say so, like, I, I, listen, I, I'm not even saying it here now. I'm not going to finish my sentences. There's certain things where I'm like, I'm not going to go there. The, the guy already got cancer or that guy already got cancer. Maybe, maybe they'll see it themselves. There's there's an interesting thing that, you know, Chris and I always talk about in the fear model and we do our coaching is that accepting yourself and others where they're, where they're at in the journey. There's certain things that need to be learned by the individual. And there's there's things that we can put out there. We can plant seeds. But since nobody has a definitive hold on what the truth is, you've got to find that truth within. And so it's a it's it's a hard thing to do. I mean, it really is because, okay, we can sit here and we do the mindset. We can eat healthy. We can meditate. We can look back and say, what cycles am I breaking down? But then we've got to ask ourselves some real world stuff. I'm at a point where they're saying, if I don't do chemo, I don't live. Great. I did all these proactive things. Am I going to be this superhero who heals myself? Or do I do all of it? And that's just a, 
that's exhausting in itself. You know, sitting here, having this conversation, thinking about it, watching people like you or Max go through it, or my father getting half his intestines out and then having to go to second surgery because he could have died. Like that's exhausting to even think about it. And, and all of you guys are doing good things outside, eating healthy, doing the things, finding outside homeopathic doctors, nutritionists that aren't being covered, like you said, or, or Kim and I are like giving advice. And it's, mm -hmm. it's exhausting to think that there's not one group or like Chris is bringing up that's really just spearheading and making sure that everyone's got the right diet. Everyone's got the right mindset, even COVID. I mean, think of COVID right now. Everything is hyper reactive. When are we going to get the vaccine? I don't know, but we could do a shitload of stuff to be more, you know, immune boosting and the other things. Oh, don't even get me started on that one. I, I don't. I know we've got it. We've got like two minutes left in our show. I, I well, know. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Risk. I'm at risk. I'm at risk. I'm not going to go anywhere. Why don't you get yourself fucking stronger? Sorry. Okay. I feel to be uh, like, this is all new, right? We're all sort of, sort of scrambling through this and mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have the answers. Um, but, uh, who you are, who you were yesterday is not who you are today. And it's not who you're going to be tomorrow. Yes. Um, and is that's as long as you're evolving through this, because I might learn something, you know, next week. I mean, I'm, I'm doing an acupuncturist every single week. Uh, and I have a friend that is uh, also does cranial sacrums. I mean, I'm, I, I don't care, man. I, I'm trying it all. Why not? I'm with I, you, man. I don't, I don't, not, I don't do that. Cannabis, but I'll, I'll do the other stuff. <laughs> you, what do you say? Not doing the coffee enemas? No. Jeff, I'm just going to tell you something real quick. All right. Cause you know, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm like the it. guy who does all of it. Like, like I'm that guy. So I, I proactively, we, we studied the uh, Gershwin Institute, you know, way back when, because we were, you know, my father had gotten cancer. So I was looking at all the things. To pro so I tried it. It's, it's like a, an immediate buzz. It, it's totally like energizing, but I read it's not good in the long term because you take out too much of the good bacteria. But to do it like on occasion, it's the weirdest thing you'll ever do. It's so awkward, but I'd suggest give it a whirl. I swear to God, I, I'm giving <laughs> give my- Give it a whirl, give it a whirl. Give it a whirl, literally. If oh. nothing else, you feel, it's like, you know when you have a great cup of coffee and you're like, okay, I feel ready to tackle the day. It's not as good as a coffee enema. I swear yeah. to God, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Sarah says, says it's good every six months, not every morning. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say like every quarter, every month. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Like, see, that's one of the things he was doing too much. I, like he was having people do those like three times a week. You're stripping out. Like I did a lot of the research on those. There's things that he was doing in that institute that makes sense. And some of it, I'm like, hold on a second. You've got that good bacteria. You can't destroy. You got to be careful. That's right. Yeah. So. And yeah, six months. That sounds good. Do six months. So six it reminds months. me of, uh, uh, you all know what the fuckening is? Mm -mm. Fuckening? Yeah, the fuckening. The fucking That's what we went through last year. When your <laughs> day you go. is going too well and you don't trust it and some shit finally goes down. Ah, there it is, the fuckening. Ooh, can I use that? Yeah, help yourself. Ooh, I like so, that. So I that like sense you just sounded like being human. We could hashtag humanity fucking it's, it's all the same. It's yes. but but you can spin that inversely too. You could have that dark day in the corner. When's the awakening coming? Because you know that miserable day that you're in the corner, it's like clockwork, something good's coming. So you could inverse that either way. That's right. After the fucking, it's the awakening. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so we can hashtag both of these and can just so there's an ebb and flow. So you're getting fucked and then you're getting fucked. 
So it could be like good and good, good and bad. Like it depends how you want to look at it. Can I please yes, have the good? Yes. Did he ask for the good bacteria that came yeah, out of me? He's like, can I please have the good bacteria mocha NML? <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I, we I was thinking the same thing. Like, uh, yeah, just don't walk up to Starbucks and go, yes, I'd like a, a, a mocha coffee enema, please. <laughs> My doctor told me to come get one from you. No. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to do the coffee enema, you might as well put some uh, some cacao in there too. I mean, he's got a good point. I'm going to go there. Too? What are you into? Cacao, not a oh. cow. Cacao. Don't put a cow in your butt. Nobody's doing that. We're not, no, no. We're well, not. somebody's doing it, but we're not going to do it. Not I'm not way. recommending it. Well, Scott might once. Once. That's right. That's I did say I never said never. Okay, that's a good point. You got me there. You got me there. Well, you I think are... they do that in India. I think because that's an Indian thing. I think. Hmm. I don't know. I don't want to get into Hey, so we've been going for 59 minutes and 49 seconds. Jeff, uh, thank you so, so much. I mean, and all kidding aside, thank you so, so much for being here with us, sharing your truth, sharing your experience, sharing your journey, sharing your wisdom, and especially with the mindset in being able to have the emotional intelligence to rise up and to, and to, and to really press yourself and to push yourself to have that mindset in every moment. Like, hey, I'm going to get it through it moment to moment. So thank you, brother, for being on here and sharing your wisdom with us and uh, whatever I could personally do. And I know with Scott and also Tara also said it, you have a bunch of people around you at any time let us know what we can do for you and i promise i will check in as well but just wanted to say thank you thank you chris and thank you scott it's been a pleasure and uh, uh i've enjoyed it it's been fun and and uh love all the feedback that everyone's given and uh, you know we can uh maybe do this again when i when it's worse <laughs> hey hey why not during the fucking we're, we're, yeah, we're gonna and we're just gonna call yeah, it the yeah, fucking. you know barely yeah. you you have a, you have an open invitation to come back to us most definitely before during and after obviously um any final words you'd like to share with the viewers tonight no i was gonna end it with the fucking but i guess that's all right because now we're gonna go with the awakening so um just to you know uh, again uh it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to to, to make sure that you do share how you're feeling with uh, with your friends and family. Don't don't hold it in. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's so so very important. I know that was one of the missions of this particular show was to to really inspire each and every one of you guys out there to really think about this. That you're not broken. You're not you're not anything less than that. You are okay. You are human, having this experience, and that we all have these experiences. We all we all have these things that we're scared of. We all have these things that we're vulnerable about. We all have these things that we're you know you know we're trying to figure out on our own. And sometimes because we don't want to be embarrassed, we don't want to feel like we're weaker than. But the 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 fact that you become stronger by linking weaker people together and transfusing that strength into one another. That's how we lift each other up and build each other up. So, um, yeah, just uh. Thank you. Well put. Thank you, Chris. Sorry, sorry. Final words, Scott, before we uh, send Mr. Mr. Jeff back to the uh, the the Back's green name. room. <laughs> I just want to um, just remind you, everybody, that exactly what Jeff just said. You know, we we've got the fucking in it, and I like that concept. But everything's cyclical, so anytime something comes down, it's going to come back up. And so I would remember that. Um, I agree a thousand percent on the mindset. All these things are variables, but the mindset always has to be there regardless. So I'd echo that statement. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And because we're we're not total idiots around here, I figure I would share this on a lighter note. So, yep, there I am. <laughs> There's the Mohawk. There's the Mohawk. Nice. There's the Mohawk. Yep. That's, that's what I did way back when. Actually, I think uh, they think there's another front view. Oops. You, know you got a front view. You showed it to me at some point. Did I? I think it? so. I definitely remember that picture. Yeah. So there's my, there's my gizmo. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How do I fucking stop sharing now? 
<laughs> you don't want to sit there and look at that. That's it. That's the end of the show. Bye, guys. Yeah. Just, just Chris's mohawk. We're done. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you very much, Jeff. Hang on one second. So there we have it, Scott. Another unfiltered experience here in the in the bags and with so many people here with us tonight. Thank you guys, seriously, for all for spending your Friday nights with us you. and sharing your engagement up here. Eric Swanson's in the house. He's like, what's up? What's up? Thank you very much for that. And yes, thank you. This is funny. That's one of the things that, that Scott and I really enjoy bringing to the to the show is humor and and, and inspiration and just just a, just a real conversation. That's what the unfiltered experience is about. Yep, just keeping it light, but keeping it honest and keeping it real and authentic. Yes, yes. So we thank you guys. Make sure if this if this episode impacted you, please share that out. Let other people know, and they can go in the comments and actually share what what things are working for them, and maybe connect with Jeff uh, on another level. So we just invite you guys to do that. By the way, I totally almost forgot, but Jeff actually had asked us to to promote this particular website. He said he didn't yeah. have one for his, mm -hmm. but. Uh, www.wellawareworld.org. Let me say that again for the podcast, www.wellawareworld.org. He says, definitely go check out that organization and support them. He said, Scott, you're familiar with them as well. Yeah. So the founder, Sarah Evans is a friend of ours and she's from, uh, worked with us in Rotary Club and she organized and built this organization 10, 15 years ago. It's been a little bit, um, did an amazing job and they work in Kenya, parts of Africa, but they bring fresh water to places all over the world and they're nothing short of phenomenal. I highly recommend. I've sent friends there to support them. Chefs on the board of directors there. Absolutely. Um, definitely support them. So it's wellawareworld.org. And I love you guys. Thank you guys for showing up with us tonight. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for all the new people. We appreciate you. We love you. We will see you next week. Next week, we have Daniel Bruce Levin, uh, the author of The Mosaic. Uh, Daniel is an amazing guy. If you've been on Clubhouse, I know some of you guys have been on Clubhouse. Uh, Daniel's an awesome dude. Um, so we look forward to jamming in conversation with him and celebrating somebody's 50th birthday. So be here next Friday night, same time, same bat channel. Put it on your calendar. And thank you so much, Tara, for being here and being as brilliant as you are. You're a beautiful person. And thank you for sharing that. We are the filtered experience and we wish you the best happiest most kick-ass weekend and uh we'll see you next time cheers unfiltered crew